Welcome to the good life. Welcome to the good life. The wait is over. Welcome to the good life. And after all the talk, all I gotta say is Welcome to the good life. You're welcome. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Pod Pod. I'm coach of the Terrace Crew and your host for tonight's pod, Matt Ricks. The super po- the super coach picture is getting clearer by the day as we inch our way towards the most anticipated team list Tuesday of any super coach season, round one. We've got a huge Pod Pod tonight. We're going to do deep. We were going to do deep dives into all backline positions, but there was one position that was too big to squeeze alongside the others. We'll be dedicating almost this entire podcast to the center wingers. Joining me to revel in the clarity of the late preseason is 2014 third place overall finisher in NRL Supercoach Classic, Dan Ricks. Dan, welcome back to the Pod Pod. Thank you, Matty. Yeah, it's uh, going through the research uh, for today's episode. Certainly plenty of uh, deep diving going on in the center wing, uh, center wing position. Lots to, uh, lots to talk about and uh, a little bit tired from it all, but, uh, yeah, certainly looking forward to it. We've really been deep diving a lot lately. I hope we got, I hope we got time to come back up. I feel like we've... Uh, so much like diving. So deep, so deep. <laughs> Uh, our second panellist is a man who is constantly coming in hot. Host of our most popular segment so far, Tubes' tirade. Tubes, on the Porto's heat scale, are you close? In, are you coming in this week closer to lemon and herb or extremo picante? <laughs> I can't say I've uh, I've had the uh, extremo picante from from a Porto, so uh, I'm coming in pretty tempered today. Uh, just been sitting here on subscribing on KO and watching the Sharks touch up the the bullies. So it's currently 30 to 6 with 10 minutes to go. So I'm coming, I'm, I'm fired up and ready for a big podcast, but but hoping to keep things mild today, Matt. Very good. Anyway, let's kick off proceedings tonight by recapping some of the highlights and lowlights from the second week of trials uh, with a special call out to a few relevant players who we might have overlooked in our positional deep dive from last episode. Uh, first off, we've got the Dragons toweling up the bunnies in Mudgee in the Charity Shield. Bit of hype now around the Dragons. I've heard a few people saying they're sneaky top top eight chances. Can't believe they're equal favourites for the spoon. Where do you sit, Dan, on the on the Dragons and what did you take from, from that game? I think as predicted, uh, we saw Jack DeBellin playing that sort of lock role, that uh, that Victor Radley sort of passing out a little bit. It is a, it's an exciting left edge there. Uh, a few players really stood out. Ramsey obviously getting uh, a try and assist, and and I think he was swapping a little bit with with Sloan at the at fullback there. Uh, Sloan was another one that was looking looking quite good if he if he holds down that fullback position. Options there, uh, and then Jackie Boy Bird as well was, uh, I think, uh, I think he was he was a little bit under the radar. Obviously, he had a couple of quiet years last couple of years, but he could certainly be back with a bang in that uh, that left edge position if he's if he's getting eighty. It'll be interesting to see where they fit Jack in because Tarek Sims has got to come back still from injury. I don't think he's in any doubt for round one. Uh, he's obviously played Origin last year. I'm not sure if, if Jack will end up starting there. Um, Jaden Sua signing from the, the Bunnies, played on the right. Maybe he's expendable back to the bench. I'm not sure. I, I think Jack's kind of the odd man out at the moment. There's obviously rumours that he'll be leaving the club at the end of the season. So uh, probably probably just one to keep an eye on. You'd probably be a pretty brave man to start with Jack Bird, 498K, even though he's got the dual second row centre wing. Tubes, Parramatta. 36, Panthers nil. Is the hype on the Eels? They always seem to be very fast starters. Are you are you ditching the Panthers based on that or is it just trial form? I'm definitely not ditching the Panthers, but, I mean, the Eels were fairly impressive and, as you mentioned, fast starters, they have got a tremendous pack if they if they get the ball going um if they to get them going forward, so um, 
Yeah, it, it probably brought to the my attention, like many others, you know, what are they doing in their outside backs and, and certainly their halves. I think um, the note was uh, Dylan Brown and Mitch Moses swap, swapping sides um, and it seemed to definitely unlock Dylan Brown a little bit more. So, yeah, going to be having a, a bit of a deeper look in him this week as well. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, Brown's a really interesting one. So he went from averaging uh, 64 in 2020 playing on the left down to 53 on the right last year. Um, they seem to want to get Mitch Moses a bit more ball on the left last year and it, he seemed to play a little bit better, but Dylan Brown had a fairly quiet year um, compared to, to 2020. So very encouraging signs to see him back on the left. I think he's a he's a really good shout as an underpriced option at 5'8". And what about the what, forwards, Dan? What did uh, what caught your eye in the forwards for Parramatta? Oh, yeah. it's uh, It, it maybe made me a little concerned about leaving IPAP out. Obviously, he's, he's high price. Uh, he'll score that unbelievable try, uh, which was finished off by Marnie throwing that little underball to IPAP who went went pretty much under the post. And, jeez, he, he looks fit. He looks fit. He looks strong. How good does he look? I thought the same. Oh. Yeah, six hundred eighty k. It's it's top dollar. Uh, if if he's just going to build on last year's form, though, you know he could be one of those just lock in and gives you that gives you that front row forward spot really secure. Uh, I think he's still dual, obviously. So that's 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 even more of a bonus. And uh, yeah, that's just you know Sean Lane obviously obviously showed some class as well. Uh, Madison's there, so. The, the issue is it's just an overload of the back rowers. Do they um, do they just play IPAP for that 60 minutes, which obviously for 680K, that, that takes his value down a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, certainly a very exciting player and looking forward to watching him this season. Bit of chat going around that uh, uh, he was fired up after being left out of the front row forward and second row forward chat on the pod pod last week and came out and had a blinder. <laughs> yeah, well, that'll get, it. that'll get anyone fired up. <laughs> but in all seriousness, if he goes back to playing that big minutes role where he starts on the edge and then gives gives Big Junior a break in the middle, uh, I mean, he just went on an absolute tear playing that role last year. And towards the back, to, in the last three games, he ended up starting in the front row and that really hurt his, his output. Um, he, he scored a fair few tries. I actually don't think it was unders or anything like that. He scored, uh, what's that, four, six, seven, eight, nine tries. And I think with another season um, playing on the edge, I think he could easily match or better that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you could potentially take him on, take Payne Haas on with him as an alternate there and hopefully the Eels just get off to a fast start and you could, you know, maybe he'll average 90 in the first six rounds, something like that. Uh, obviously, that's optimistic. I think you could. But- he could. He could somewhat. He won't take David Fafita on in terms of his try scoring ability. I think Fafita's in for more tries. But say sure. you think Holbrook's going to hold Fafita on the bench consistently. Uh, I think there's there's probably an argument there that you could maybe get IPAP in your team over Fafita. Uh, I, I guess both of them is just the minutes doubt, but it, it's hard to hold both of them at those prices. But, yeah, certainly certainly an option to maybe lay Fafita and, and bring in IPAP. Probably a little negative as well. He's got He's been paid now. He's moving to the West Tigers on a big money deal for 2023. Not saying that he yeah. won't be motivated to do well for Parramatta, but we've seen it a lot of times where these guys, once they're paid, it's a bit of – it's it's – not feed up, but it's not it's not all guns guns are blazing like they were prior. So yeah, look it's I, I would say it's a pretty hard start to hard to start with IPAP, but I, I'm more he piqued my interest. I, I hadn't even bothered looking at him at that price, but he's certainly worth a look. Uh, the Cowboys um, the Cowboys beat the Broncos up there in a bit of a in a soggy Mackay. Uh, twenty six to th- six, I think the score was. Few interesting players kind of prevailing from the Cowboys. They've they're fast turned into one of the more interesting teams for Supercoach this year. Dan, I know you you uh, a couple of back rowers caught your eye. Yeah, I like. Uh, we didn't speak about them really last week in the in the second row forward deep dive. Uh, like the look of Lukey, he's big, really big body. Uh, he looks looks athletic for his size as well, and. I think he will he will do the eighty minutes easy. 
Uh, I think he's sort of he's probably the number one second row that's going to be looking at that 80, 80 minutes. Uh, so I'm not I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen with the back row on the other side when um, Lolo's back. If that changes anything, uh, but Gilbert Gilbert had some good numbers. I saw the Supercoach sort of points coming out of the the trial games, and and Gilbert looked to have some some great points per minute. Uh, he's got that second row forward, front row forward duel as well. So, uh, and I think he's sort of mid three hundreds price, which you know we talked about it last week. If you're going to lay one of the front row forward sort of guns, you're probably looking around that price to to drop down enough cash for elsewhere. So. Uh, certainly if he if he starts that second row forward spot and you think he's getting sort of 60 plus minutes could be could be good to put in that front row forward second spot there the broncos team uh obviously they their preseason form has not been good i thought they looked pretty weak overall um Katoni Staggs, we'll talk about in a bit of depth later was kept to a pretty quiet game not sure how much to read into that in a wet game um, but yeah, I think that Kevy uh, Kevy might be in a bit of bother if they start slow, uh, carry this trial form through into uh, into NRL. Obviously, Adam Reynolds to come back. Send him off! Send the dressing off! Get him off the field! That was diabolical! Righto, let's dig right into centre wing. Uh, we're going to structure this a little bit differently. We're going to go through the top five centre wings who are available at center wing only, and then we'll get into the top five center wings who are jewels. So we're going to spend a bit of time here because we think it's a really important position strategically how you want to set up and structure your center wings in terms of how much money you want to spend. Um, And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about some pod options to take on the really popular guys, especially around that 400K and 250 to 280K mark. There's, there's a lot of options in there. So keen to get stuck right in. All right, the top five center wings by ownership who are available at center wing only. Katoni Staggs, 433K, owned by 42%. Will Penasini, 256K, owned by 40%. Xavier Coates, 358k Melbourne Storm recruit owned by 37% currently. That's shot up a little bit. Brian Toto Panthers 737k, 13% of Super Coaches still looking forward to watching Big Bad Brian play in round one. And Zach Lomax, who I was actually surprised to see here in the top five top five center wing only options. He's 497k and currently owned by 10.7% of Super Coaches. Right, let's start with the most owned hate. Katoni Staggs, back off an ACL, played a couple of games at the back end of last year. Uh, he's, as mentioned, 433K. He was the Dallium Center of the Year in 2020. Very, very popular to start the year, probably for good reason. Uh, Dan, I'll start with you. Can you kind of pick any holes in why we shouldn't be taking Katoni Staggs for our first team? Uh, yeah, I, he's currently not in my side. Uh, I, I do like to sort of go against the grain a little bit on those high-priced guys, uh, particularly when they're not out-and-out super guns. Uh, there is a little bit that throws me off him. Uh, in Obviously, been clouded with injuries. Goes very hard, uh, hard in at the ball and is a very good centre in, in attack, questionable de- defence maybe. But uh, he's, he's priced at... Around fifty average at the moment, uh, and if the if the Broncos are terrible, uh, if if you know they that Reynolds goes down, they're, they're looking dire in the in the halves at the moment. Uh, I you know I, I'm pretty happy to lay him at that price. I think if there's forty two percent ownership and he goes really bad or goes down with an injury, like you've you've got to trade in hand on the rest of the field. So I'm happy to take the punt. If, if he goes well, I can't see him going, you know, 80, 90-plus average early on. If he's, if he's consistently getting those 60s, you can, you can kind of bring him in quite easily uh, just, to, just to stay there. And there's, there's so many options around alternatives to, uh, to take him on at the moment. 
think it can go one or two ways. Uh, as you say, like Broncos are not, you know, they're not looking like they're going to be one of the better sides. They're obviously expected to improve. Stags was, the, as referenced, the Dalian Centre of the Year in 2020 when he averaged, uh, I think, about 60 points per game. So he's shown that even in a bad side, the Broncos got the spoon that year. He can score well. Uh, I think if you don't have him, you should be worried about his ceiling. He hit 220-plus scores in 2020, and obviously scoring across the board was a bit lower then. But conversely, he's also got a pretty low floor. Like when he's not at the races, he's not at the races. He can get, you know, he can have scores in the 20s, have scores in the 30s. So, yeah, I don't think he's he's a must-have. He's in my side at the moment, but the way some of these other guys are playing – the fullbacks, particularly at a similar price, um, he's certainly he's certainly no lock for me to start round one. The other guys on these lists uh, of the top five center only: Xavier Coates, uh, really really popular and really splitting opinions amongst the Super Coach community. Tubes, where are you in the coach? Are you in the Coates camp? I think he will. I think he's well priced, um, taking over Addo Carr's spot. He's in for plenty of plenty of meat pies, and um, and he clearly was not happy at the Broncos. So uh, you could potentially see a bit of an uplift in his base stat, and so I think there's lots of positives there. And I think that being said, similar to Dan's point on Stags, I think there could be some merit in going a little bit against the grain in, in some of these center wing spots. I think he's priced at 358K. I just think there's a lot of really good mid, mid, um, mid-range mid potential across the board that um, I, I probably wouldn't be looking to be bringing him in purely because of his ownership. And I think that there's plenty of other options that, I'm, that we're going to go through um, in, in, a, in that mid-range territory. Yeah, I think Coates, um, i, I got to have him at 358K. So, uh, you know, left. I, I love a left winger. I, you know, I, I'm very much anti-centres at times unless they're out-and-out super guns with kicking or something like that. But definitely a left winger fan and he's going to be on that edge for Melbourne Storm. Uh, you know, I really rate X Coates as a player as well. You know, I think at Okar, you know, no one's picking him up in the Bulldogs side this year purely because they're the Bulldogs. So I think he's in for plenty of tries. He's he's averaged at around forty-one points. I think he'll do that quite easily, and he could he could jag you a sixty, seventy-point average early on, which is just going to see his, his price skyrocket. So I'm I'm very much on his side. I think three fifty-eight k is low enough to uh, have have a good go at him early. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not on him at the moment, and he does scare me a lot for all the reasons you just outlined. Like, if he gets a flyer and averages seventy, then like he's going to have to be a trade in. And you, but you've missed the boat, and then he could get you scores in the thirties. He's got a, you know, it's well documented that he's had a base of eighteen, um, and that's for the last couple of years. Like. I don't think he's just going to turn the base tap on unless Bellamy's motivated him and he just wants to run through walls for him. He's not that kind of player. So I think you're going to be relying on attacking stats still. So that does but, – but the way that Melbourne, you know, the combinations they have on the left with Munster, Pappenhausen and just the smoothness of those plays, I don't think it's going to take him along to acclimate to finishing off on that left edge. So – yeah, very very scary prospect to not have him, but I'm kind of I'm kind of a bit more in that sort of lower 250 to 280k guys, and I think there's some value to be found there, particularly with you know obviously we've we've got Will Penasini on the list here, 256k. He's locked into my team now. Seen enough from the two trials to show that he's got enough base that he is a pretty low risk option, even if he doesn't get the attacking stats. But then there's also a guy like uh, Jordan Pereira on the right wing for the Broncos. He's actually a guy who I bought in in the, uh, I think it was 2020 season as a bit of a late season pod when the guys, when they had a, um, they had a quite a good little run to finish. It didn't really come off, um, but he averaged 
50 points in 2019 and 43 in 2020. Uh, in three games last year, he had a base average of 29. So that's basically what he's priced at now. Um, so that's, you know, if he if he does lock in that right wing position for the Bronx, and I think he's a nice little option who could actually, you know, match or even outscore Coates in the early rounds. Uh, he will get base attack as well. He's a bit of a tackle buster. He loves the tough stuff out of the back. So if we get some more concrete news about his job security, I think he's a pretty pretty solid option um, as a bit of a you know I know he's on people's radar, but I I think he's you know he's certainly less owned than Coates. Yeah, he's one of those uh, two fifty to three hundred k guys that you can you can be pretty safe taking a punt on. Uh, there's but there is there is lots of options there. So yeah, I think uh, if he gets the starting right edge spot, even with testing you coming back, it's it's not. <laughs> It's not that dangerous putting him in. I got a bit of a pod here uh, in in that similar range. Just just to speak about, I've I've been I've been doing some research during the week, um, and I've I've had a, a very quick look at uh, some center wing. Uh, sorry, so it's the the position of the matchups for the first six weeks, the first six rounds of the year, and what I tried to look at was. What who had a who were, who had a great strength of schedule where they were playing uh, teams that had a very uh, low average per player um, let in against them, and also teams that had a high average per player um, let in against them. And looking going through the lists, um, there was one team that stood out, and they're very super coach irrelevant mostly for the year. So uh, the New Zealand Warriors. For the first six rounds of the year, they will only play one of the top six teams from last year in terms of lowest output of scores. So that being Melbourne, Panthers, Souths, Manly, Roosters, etc. They will only play one of those teams in the first six rounds. And they will play four teams that had the highest average points for the first in, during the first six rounds. So those include teams like the Dragons, West Tigers, Broncos, Bulldogs, North Queensland Cowboys. So they've got a very easy start to the year based on last year's results. So I went looking wide from there and I've come is up that, with – Is that – sorry, Tubes, is that the long way of saying that they have an easy first six rounds? It's a very long way of saying that, but uh, <laughs> but I just wanted to give you how much research had gone into this pot option. <laughs> And uh, and I've come up with Marcelo Montoya, uh, 338K. <laughs> and oh, uh, so he's 338K, very, very easy start to the year. Has just gone through the start, the easiest start out of out of all of the uh, all, all of the NRL teams. And I think he'll be found there on the on the wing and he and he, he could be um, in for a few meets meat pies, and so I'm willing to put down the claim that Marcelo Montoya will be outscoring Xavier Coates in the first six weeks of the oh, year. Oh, jeez, no way. Could you, could you that say is some, he- That is some pod. Was it the 26-19 last two rounds that really inspired you for the from 2021 that really inspired that pod? It, it 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 had nothing to do with that. Um, but he, he'll be he'll be primed, ready for a, for a big uh, a big start to the season. He could turn into the David Fusatua of twenty twenty one. I think a few people jumped on him, and he just he just did absolutely nothing. Didn't he? he plays left. He plays Simon's left wing, nice. right, Marcelo? Yeah, yeah, left so. wing. So the non SJ side. I just think, uh, just in general. Um, uh, obviously, I've I've gone through a, a few things there in regards to the stats and strength of schedule, etc. But I do think this, the centre wing is is going to be a huge point of difference this year, uh, and and one of those ones where you can be using those extra trades that we're getting throughout the year to try and bring in centre wings that have. Um, a very good draw, uh, and so I, I, I am looking at um, one of the other teams that have a very good draw is the North Queensland Cowboys. Again, possibly not on everyone's everyone's radar, um, but looking at starting with potentially some of those players just to see if it how if it if it comes up trumps. 
let's bring let's bring you back here a sec, Tubes, back to reality. Um, Marcelo Montoya, I hope he does well for you if you do pick him, but we'll see. Uh, Zach Lomax, I know you've been red hot on him all preseason. Um, he played Charity Shield on the weekend, put in an incredible try assist. Um, that was that was one of the one of the sexiest plays I've I've seen for a while. But we know that he's got that in his locker. Uh, 497K, he's kind of one of the guys I think that you could take stags on with. Uh, are you still as as warm on, on Zach as you have been? Yeah, but can we just make an agreement for you not to use the word sexy in this podcast again? Because um, <laughs> I'm just not sure how I felt was, about that coming out of your mouth. I was racking my brain like what's like just going through the mental thesaurus, what can I use? But I couldn't, honestly couldn't think of a word that I would have preferred to use. It was sexy. So, but yeah, all right. I'll put an amnesty for a couple of weeks on, on my possible, use Possibly try of the year in the preseason game. It looked it looked awesome. Um, yeah, look, I'm still very bullish on him, uh, especially because you're getting him at the at the high end of a mid-range price. Um, but, but, but essentially uh, I think he's a keeper for the year. The only – the and, and he looked super impressive on the weekend, looked fit, um, looked very good, got through his work. The only caveat was I don't think he kicked goals on the weekend. Yeah, he um, did. He just missed them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's, that's what you get for missing your KO minis. Um, but, it, yeah, so <laughs> – yeah, want to make sure that he's locking in the nah, kicking he's duties. He's um, he's well, Sloan kicks as well, doesn't he? Sloan kicked at the end. Yeah, yeah Sloan kicked at the end. I'm not line. even sure Lomax was still on. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, no, then, Lomax, yeah. Lomax will be kicking. As long he's as Lomax a, he's, is a, he's a gun kicker. He's yeah. a he's an eighty percent. He's an eighty percent boy. Like he'll be fine. He's just a bit rusty. Yeah. Uh, so even up higher from Lomax is is uh, big bad Brian, as we call him in my house. <laughs> Uh, 737K, 13%. I wouldn't mind kicking off, guys, if you don't mind, on on Big Bad Brian. So he's obviously an absolute superstar of the Supercoach world. Everyone everyone who did well last year had him for pretty much the entire season. Uh, Really hard to pick holes in him, and I wouldn't be shocked to see him hit his average again this season. Strategically, I think there are a couple of negatives on him. So... Panthers are uh, the premiers from last year, obviously. And while they could maintain that form and while scoring could remain constant in terms of output across the, the Supercoach points, uh, there's no going up for the Panthers. So <laughs> Big Bad Brian, his base is bulletproof to any of that. So, you know, but I think there has to be a few question marks over his, his scoring output. Uh, if the Panthers do... Uh, drop back down a little bit, um, and if Cleary misses, certainly if Cleary misses the start, then that's a then that's a huge question mark. Dan mentioned a few weeks ago that um, if if Toto was available in the back row, that he would take him. Uh, so I've stewed on that a little bit, and I think it's right. Um, I think Toto would be a better option at second row. Not that it really helps us in you know in the actual SuperCoach game, but given the the options available at centre wing. Um, to take him on and in terms of the money-making um, generation that some of these players can create. Uh, I think that taking Toto is a bit of a risk in terms of foregoing those other options. Uh, we've got so many fullbacks now who look like they're going to get the gig in, you know, your Sloans, Tabuai Fidos, Cobos, who are going to start at fullback and are available at, you know, basically half the price of Toto. Um, so if those guys have a fast start and Brian doesn't, you can easily flip one of those guys straight to Toto and you kind of set for the season. In the second row, this isn't the case. So you don't have those, you know, high upside gun options to take. You know, Toto would kind of be a set and forget guy in second row. Um, you know, more consistent than Fafida, more consistent than Crichton. So uh, I think there's, I think there is a chance with such inflated averages across the park last year that we do some see some of these guns like Toto leak some catch potentially during the season um, to be able to pick them up with one of our many trades. So 
you know, making the cash early to capitalize on that, you know, and take advantage of, of, you know, the player, those guns who do leak bulk cash, you know, could be a good strategy. Um, and so the pathway to players like Big Bad Brian is paved slightly easier by making cash early. I'm not saying that we're going to need to keep that cash generation going with so many trades available, particularly later in the year, but I think early that would be my strategy for someone like Toto. Yeah, the more you look at it, at that price, uh, he is he is still on the left left wing after all. But you know his base bumps him right up there. I think you could take him on at a cheaper price, having a gun at centre wing with someone like Daniel Tupu uh, for the Roosters. Obviously, a gun side coming into the year. Uh, he he had a relatively quiet year last year with everything going on at the Roosters. But you know at two hundred two hundred twenty k less. Uh, than Toto, uh, I think if you if you want to get a locking gun, uh, he would be he would be a good alternative, and I'd probably prefer that and and look at spending the money elsewhere. I, I'm very much gone at the moment. My current strategy is very very light on the centre wing, very light, very uh, left winger winger only dominant. Uh, and I think we'll talk about it a bit more, but th- there's a safe play there in, in bringing those uh, cheaper fullbacks in for that centre wing spot like uh, Cobbo and, and Sloan and those guys. So, uh, yeah, for me, you know, more I think about it, the more he's, he's missing my side top. What about a guy, you know, I mean, we talk about the, the structure and we'll, we'll get to a bit more structure chat once we talk duels, but a guy like Nick Kotrick has been on your radar, Dan. He scored a try on the weekend, didn't get a line break, but got a try. Is he still in your side? Is he a guy maybe that you could think about, you know, taking on Xavier Coates or, or one of those, you know, one of those other mid-range players with? Yeah, yeah, I've still still done most of my drafts teams with him in there. Uh, I think, you know, he, he, he maybe he's never really had the base, but he, he looks a good size, so if he gets a rev up this year, uh, and that base develops a little bit, I think Canberra Raiders with their with their go forward, they're still in for plenty of points, plenty of tries. So if he, it looks like he's going to get that left wing spot as well, uh, just with the structure of the the fullbacks and centers that's that's been floating around. So yeah, I'm still keen. He's definitely one you can take on, and I'd, I'd say his uh, ownership still still quite low. Yeah, he's he's just never really kicked on. I'm just I am a bit concerned with his ceiling. I just don't think he's got that massive ceiling, but I think he'll be a value pick. You'll get your money's worth and and should be a bit more. And like you say, locked in on that left wing. Uh he'll definitely at, at very worst like that was that was quite a good position for Canberra last year as well, uh, as it is for most teams, but um yeah, I think he could be a could be a pretty pretty nice pod to start the year. Let's move on now to our center wing jewels. So these are players who are available in at center wing, but also in other positions. So whether that be fullback, second row, halfback, five eight. So we have top of these: Joseph Suwali, two hundred sixty thousand dollars, fifty percent owned. Isaac Targo, two hundred eighty-eight thousand, forty-four percent owned. Tautau Amone or Junior Amone, thirty-two percent owned, two hundred eighty-five thousand. Selwyn Cobbo, 320,000, 29% owned. And Ewan Aitken, 486,021% owned. Now, we gave Ewan Aitken a fair bit of airtime on the last episode, so we won't chat too much about him today. Uh, the other one who would be on this list is Ben Travojevic, who we also spoke about, and probably the less said the better about him tonight. Let's kick off with Suwali. Um some chat here might even miss the start of the year, so it's obviously a TLT one. 260K, you guys see him as a lock, uh, like 50% of the other super coaches? Yeah, I think if <clears throat> if he gets a starting wing spot at the Roosters, they have a fairly easy start to the year as well. Uh, I think he's a lock at 260K. Um not only because he plays for the Roosters and not only because they have an easy start to the year, but he also 
clearly looks the goods as a footballer and passes the eye test and um, not just mine, but I'm sure plenty of women out in the eastern suburbs as well. Um, <laughs> He's the, looking good. He's looking good. Yeah, yeah. Some <laughs> some might say sexy. Yeah, um, I saw him saw him a bit of content with Angus Crichton the other day in the back of the car. He looks big. Yeah, he's he's massive. So I mean, I'd definitely be starting with him. Pending Teamless Tuesday. Um, uh, the other is that Billy Smith is he make the team? They've got Momorowski, so they got they got plenty of backs to start the year. Dan mentioned Chupo, so yeah. he seems to love Adam Kieran as well. Surely Kieran and and there's Kevin Nagamo. As well, back from Super League. Oh, um, Kevy. Uh, like, I don't know. Like, he, he's obviously touted. He's going to improve. His scores last year from the, the little time we saw him, 33, 74, 32, 22, 24. All 80-minute games, so pretty underwhelming. Um, he obviously could, you know, he obviously should do better than that on the end of that Roosters back line. He'll be, he'll be right wing. Um, so yeah, look, pretty low risk play. Not not sure we need to talk too much more about him. Isaac Targo is another one. Uh, spoke a little bit about him last week. Two hundred eighty eight k. They obviously got touched up by the Eels on the weekend, but uh, not sure. Not sure anyone will be going without him. Dan. No, no. I think uh, he's a lock in most sides. I think there's no uh, there's no injury clouds over him. I'm pretty sure he's guaranteed that that center spot. Good price, looks a good young talent. I think that's enough said. Unless you got some negatives. No, I, I'm like the only yeah. The, I think the only decision on Tago is where you fit him in, whether it's up in the second row. I've currently got him up there as a as a fourth second row option, and uh, I think that that's kind of the whatever suits your team structure. I think is is the only call. It's I think he's got to be up there. He's got to be up in second row, just given the amount of those mid mid to low range uh, center wings. You can just you can put him up there, and he can be your fourth second row forward. And if he turns out to be an absolute gun, he can he can be that first first off the bench if a second row forward goes down. So uh, yeah, I've got him up in the sec- second row forward at the moment. Um, obviously, Jules very, very handy, but you know there's so many centre wing options you can choose at that price. There's not many second row forwards you're getting for that sort of two fifty to three fifty k that are going to be useful. One of the trickier ones at centre wing and also available at five eight is Tau Tau Amone. He's two hundred eighty five k, so he's not basement. We know that he's going to be starting at five eight for the Dragons. We know that halves can struggle to scoring if they're not getting the attacking stats. I'm really, really struggling with with Tautau Um If it was 250k, I think he'd be a no-brainer. But I think 285, there's a kind of a decision to be made. Tubes, where are you with with the Mono? I don't currently have him in my side, um, and I feel like he'll be. A fairly safe option, and you'll get a good, good, uh, good cash um, generation over the year. Uh, it's I I do believe it might be a bit slow. However, um, I again I didn't watch enough of the game, but there was some there was some chat going around that he he looked pretty good in the charity shield. He's a uh, good looking. He's a good looking player. Sorry, and I don't mean that in the sexy way. He he looks good. Like he he looks like a footballer. Um, whether that translates to output, particularly super coach wise, I'm not sure. Yeah, I I, I if I if I um, am looking to fit someone in at that 284 range, I'll be looking at him center wing and and five eights. But um, at the moment, I, I I think there's just some better options to be going with in the center wing. Selwyn Cobo, Dan. 320k played fullback. Hate to compare. Hate to make a comparison on these young kids, but he looks a lot like Latrell. Yeah, I'm. I'm still not completely sold. If he was maybe like even just even just in the 200s, I think he'd be guaranteed. Uh, with testing you there as well, who knows with with the Bronx, uh, what what happens to him? I, I'm not sure if he does. He go to the wing. Or does he go out of the team if he's not playing a fullback? 
I think he's in the team. I'm worried he's going to take Pereira's spot, actually. Um, yeah, so, I mean, uh, he yeah. does look good. Uh, he he kind of looks a little bit like Sloan in the way he plays, like maybe a lighter frame, and he's he's got a bit more bit more meat to put on as he as he gets a bit older as well. Uh, definitely an exciting player. Uh, as I said, I think for the center wing position, if you were to go heavy on the likely fullback starting, uh, that's probably the safest play. So you're looking at Cobo Sloan. Um, uh, there's one other that escapes me at the moment uh, in that center wing, but yeah, if you if hammer. you're just hammer, that's it. Hammer is it looks exciting too. If you're just going those those guys, uh, that's probably the safest option. Uh, but you may be missing out on a little bit of cash generation just due to the plethora of players there. Yeah, for Cobo, for me, I think if he <laughs> if he starts at fullback and it looks like New's going to miss three rounds at least. I think he, I think you can take him pretty safely. If he's on the wing, it's a bit more difficult because I think it's unlikely he's going to make you any money in the first month. And I think though that he will be if you're if you're going to keep him for longer term, I think he's a nice pick because I think he will get a chance at fullback at some point. But uh, for me, he'd probably be a wait and see if he's going to be starting on the wing only. They got Jermaine Asako and Corey Oates as well there. So like. Masako's mm. obviously on the way out. Oates has been kind of, you know, off in the, you know, with with Walters for a while. So, yeah, I, I mean, dream for me is Pereira and Cobo get named on the wings because then that kind of shows some security for Pereira. But he's a bit more interesting for me because I think his super coach game is a bit friendlier than Cobo's on the wing. Yeah, again, I think we, we, we spend way too much time chatting on the Broncos as well. Just it's, it's not. Uh, yeah, guys are cheap, Dan. That's 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 they're, why they're cheap. Yeah, they're cheap. But you know, there's. I think. Uh, I think if you're looking for for options, like there's a lot. Like, don't spend all your time researching who you're going to pick for the Broncos. I, I'm happy to leave a few of them out. I agree. I I think they'll be rubbish. Like I can't believe they're. You know, they're only like. You know, not to talk too much betting, but they're only like two dollars seventy five to Matthew eight. Like. It seems like it seems like they're a way off still from being a top eight side, um, particularly with our mate Billy Walters starting at five eight. Yeah, you think about that spine. Like no no gun hooker, fullbacks up in the air, six and sevens just absolutely volatile. Like you know, and 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 volatile on the bad end as well. So yeah, I I I, I love a good spine in a in a football team, um, and they don't have it. One guy I was going to talk about um, who's kind of a mid, mid-range uh, center wing back row jewel is Bo Firma. So he's come onto the radar a bit with a bit of chat that he's going to get that 80-minute um, second row role uh, repl- um, you know, on, the, on the other side of David Fafita, um, that Kevin Proctor's a bit on the nose um, and might not, make the, might not make this starting team. So I had a quick quick look at uh, some of Bo's numbers. So last season he played, uh, what is that, nine games, nine sort of games, 70 minutes, uh, 60 minutes or above, and eight of those were starting in the back row, one at center. So in that in those games he averaged 76 minutes per game and he averaged 54. So he's currently priced at a 43-point average so I think that if it looks likely that he is going to get that 80-minute role, I think there's obviously, you know, 11 points of value there. Um, I'm not sure he has the ceiling or the job security. Um, I wasn't I, sure whether you were – it was just an excellent pun from you there of Kevin Proctor's on the nose at the Titans or not, but um, but it will be interesting to see what happens. Well, he, he's got he's had the ta- he's had the captaincy taken away as well. Yeah. So, yeah, and there's there's obviously Dave Feeders carrying that rib cartilage injury, uh, expected to be named and play in round one, but he his minutes could be managed. Uh, I personally, even though I think he is an option, I'd probably just want a bit more concrete information around him getting the eighty minutes. I think if he gets the eighty minutes, he'll be very popular, and I think yeah, I think he's a he's a very safe pick. Even though he might not have the ceiling, 
um, especially if he's playing on the other side of, da- of David Fafita. Um, he those games where he where he played eighty or seventy and above last year, he was actually replacing Fafita, so that was on the left hand side. So he'd obviously be shifting to the right um, if he's going to get in that back row role. He's obviously really versatile. He can play center. Um, so he's he's kind of the guy who, if there is an injury, he gets the bonus minutes. So yeah, interesting interesting little option. Uh, in terms of the fullbacks who are available at centre wing, so we've spoken about Selwyn Cobo, uh, Cody Ramsey is obviously there. He's not going to be starting at fullback. He's a dual, but he's going to be probably playing on the wing. Tyrell Sloan. Um, it was interesting to see Ramsey and Sloan really interchange between left wing and fullback on the weekend. Ramsey obviously finished that try really brilliantly, but then five minutes later he was a fullback and Ben Hunt was doing a kick out to Tyrell Sloan to set up a you know another you know attacking raid for the Dragons. If that happens uh, where they're swapping back and forth, I think it's probably not great for Tyrell Sloan, but it could be great for Cody Ramsey, Dan. Yeah, I'm I'm keen on Ramsey. I wasn't, to be honest, after the uh, before the trial on the weekend. Uh, but then just checking his price, he's he's cheap enough uh, to be very low risk. Uh, it looks like he's locking up that left wing. He looks like he's got a good combination on that left edge. Uh, interchanging with Sloan gives him a bit more, bit more enticement as well. So. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I've he's in my side currently. Uh, pr- fairly good option, and if the drags are going a bit better, uh, all, all the more for him. The other fullback who is in contention, and I spoke about him at length um, a couple of weeks ago, is Tabio Fido from the Cowboys. Um, I've actually gone a little bit cool. He he looks okay. Um, he's got a nice try out of nothing on the weekend but still didn't score particularly well. And I did a bit more uh, digging into his um, numbers at fullback and he does need the attacking stats. I thought his base was a bit better, um, but he's kind of still only got that kind of low 20s base when he plays fullback, which is not what you're looking for from a a guy who's playing fullback. Um, I think he's still an option, but with those other guys at center wing, you know, being, you know, you and Aiken, Katoni Staggs, Tyrell Sloan, uh, even Bo Fermor, who we just spoke about, I'm not sure that, that Hammers uh, as safe an option as them. And I think if you're spending that 400 plus K in your center wing, um, when there are guys, you know, you know, who are the cheap options like Pereira, Amone, Sean Russell from the from the Eels, who we haven't spoken about yet. Um, I think that Hammers a little bit of a risky risky play now, um, whilst conceding that he has high upside as a fullback in centre wing, um, as a fullback who can play, you know, he's available in centre wing for Super Coach. So, I'm just calling my Jets on my my hammer rant from a, a <laughs> couple of, couple of episodes ago. Yeah, I thought you'd nailed. I thought you'd nailed in the hammer for the for that centre wing spot, Matty. But, uh, <laughs> I, look, I, I think he's he's a. He's, I think he's safe-ish. Uh, what what I look from, I watched a bit of that Cowboys game. He's got a, He's got the flair. He's going to get some attacking stats. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't have that base output with a with a bit of a lighter frame. Uh, Val Holmes still interests me. I think, you know, I see him as those top-tier guys along with To'o and and Tupu, and uh, he looked he looked good. If he gets the goal kick in, I think I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be worried about slotting Val Holmes in early. Uh, just due he should to get, sort of... He should get the kicking. He should yeah. get the kicking. So I, I really like him as a player, and, you know, if, if the hammer goes down and he goes back to fullback, you know, he's going to be a... Be a high average, average guy. I couldn't start with Holmes at, at five hundred plus k at center personally, but I agree he looked great on the weekend. Yeah, he's uh, kind it's of definitely end game center wing. You kind of want in in your team, but just with with the amount of those uh, cheapy center wings, left wingers, fullbacks, you can you can look elsewhere to start with. But I'll, I'll be looking to sort of secure him if you get a, a good gen- cash generation early. They seem to really want to go to him as well. Like they they want to make sure they're getting their eight hundred k worth, even if he's playing center. Yeah, for sure. I saw um I saw he scored that simple try. Uh, Katani Stads 
terrible misread looking to uh, mark up on the Chad going out the back uh, and just left it wide open for Val Holmes. So good to see good to see the Chad coming in good as a decoy early on. Tubes, anything to add on our center wing fullback discussion? Yeah, I think um, the Cowboys are another one with a fairly easy start to the year. Um, well, um, easier than than what it could be. Um, so I'm I'm got a bit of interest in in the Cowboys. I, I don't mind the hammer. I don't mind Val, and I don't mind uh, the the winger that was outside of Val. Um, Tulangi uh, Murray. Tulagi, um, married to Alangi. Yeah, so he's um, he's he's interestingly priced at about three hundred and eighty-five k. I'm not, I'm not. I, w- I certainly wouldn't be bringing him in thinking he's going to be a keeper for the year. But um, if you if you're sort of looking at someone that you might bring in early to to potentially go on a run. Um, I don't mind him just sitting outside of sitting outside of Val there with their easiest start to the year. I think in general with the center wing comes down to really the way that you're going to be structuring your team. I, I've obviously mentioned someone like Marcelo Montoya, but I am genuinely looking at a, a really strong center wing combination this year of that not going a huge amount of cheapies, but looking at what are those 300 through to 450, 500K players that I think could start the year off um, with a bang. Uh, I'm looking at having the hammer in my team. I'm looking at having um, Sloan in my team. I'm looking at having Lomax in my team. I'm potentially looking at having then um, someone like Tupu or another gun in my team, and really using that as a bit of a, a bit of a point of difference. Um, but but I can see that there's you know there's still those plenty of options that are in that that two fifty k range as well that we've talked about tonight. There's way too many cash generators in center wing to go hard in center wing early on. I, I can't see going that many four hundred plus or you know three fifty plus. Uh, Marcelo Montoya is definitely not going to be anywhere near my side. But, uh, yeah, I, I think yeah. you've got to use those 250 to 300K guys and just and just fill out See, the center wing. I do – I take that point and, and historically that's the case. Um, and I'm sure it will be the case this year. I'm sure you can go cheap and get cash generation. I just think what we saw last year in terms of points being scored – Center wings with really high ceilings, even if they have low base, have the ability to generate cash really quickly with some high scores. We could see a lot of 150-plus scores from center wings that go on those rolls. Um, and, look, it could uh, uh, it could crash and burn, but if, if I do jag a couple that go really high, they'll generate cash as quick, if not quicker, than those cash generators. But we've got more trades this year that I can actually then get them out of the sides to be bringing in other center wingers that are then going on a bit of a run. Um, so a bit of a different strategy I'm thinking through to start the season and, and potentially go with. But, um, yeah, just with the different rule interpretations, both in Supercoach and NRL. Yeah, I, I I don't mind that either. Like, I think I think the guys who are going to be up the top of the the, the overall standings early are going to be the guys who get those center wings off to a flyer. Like, so that's picking the the, the right cheap ones, but also chipping picking the right you know. And it's it's and let's be honest, it's going to come down to luck. Like, you can't tell me you're confident in every anyone averaging you know eighty to one hundred and twenty in the first three to four rounds. But there are going to be those guys. So if you can nail who they're going to be, um, and I'll tell you, it's not going to be. It's not going to be guys like Tao Tao Amone, or it's not going to be, you know, uh, you know, you guys who are your more kind of meat and potatoes. Center. Will Pinacini was the name I'm looking for. He's not going to be averaging 100 first three rounds. Simple as that. He doesn't have the attacking upside. There are going to be guys. So Murray Tuolangi, you know, it's whilst it's unlikely. On the end of a cow's back line, um, we know that he, he can score multiple tries. That's the type of guy who could go on a bit of a tear. So if you can somehow get lucky and nail that right you know, player with the, with the big ceiling, um, I think that that strategy 
if you want to like, and let's be honest, like we're talking about winning Supercoach here. So if you want to win Supercoach, you have to have a bit of a high variance approach, um, and you know you need need to get lucky in those early rounds to get off to a flyer. So I certainly couldn't, um, I, you know, I couldn't say that that's a bad strategy, tubes. Cheers, Matt. <laughs> I think any any left winger in a in a good side can get off to those flyers, and I think there's enough around. Um, you know, I think Russell might have locked up the left wing spot for Parramatta. I'm not sure, but he's he's one who's there as well. A couple others I've mentioned, and then if you jag someone like the two Alangi, I don't mind that call. Kotrick, if you jag him. Uh, ex-coats, you know, they can all sort of have that high ceiling, maybe averaging 80 on early, generating good cash, uh, and then you can you can bump them up to those 500K guys. So, yeah, well, they're, the, they're the guys time. as well. They're the guys as well who people, when they get off to a flight, they bring them in to make the cash, but kind of by then it's, it, it's feasibly too late because these center wing guys, because they're so um, variable in their scores, it doesn't actually always work out when you bring them in for that for that sort of cash hit after round after round three into round three. All right, let's wrap that center wing chat up there. I think that was a really good discussion, guys. Um, really looking forward to seeing the different takes on center wing um, to start, and then how it's kind of played, you know, in the early in the early part of the season. What about Andrew King? Put him in the sucker. Put him somewhere. He's too good for this game. Well, the juggler, the juggler's come out and brookie. Right, let's get on to the most anticipated segment of the week. Uh, I'm going to have questions with Tubes and Tubes' tirade. Tubes, what has got you fired up this week? Yeah, thanks, Matt. Um, as mentioned earlier, I'm 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 not feeling super steamy tonight. I'm just feeling, a, you know, a pretty calm after after a nice weekend but there's a couple of things that have got me rattled um during tonight's episode so the first is breaking off the press um you might have seen that uh the nrl has changed its mind and decided to allow brandon smith to play round one um so counting his super coat uh his all-stars match the same as luttrell and what looks to be the same as reese waltz's um, so the cheese is now available for round one and it's just got me a little bit thrown. Like the cheese is my favorite player. I really want to get him in my super coach side and it's just thrown all of my <laughs> preseason work out the, out the window and all my plans. And the fact that I was potentially going to be bringing him in, in round one and, and no one else was going to have him. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not really the best news I've seen tonight. And and probably the second thing that's just got me a little bit off the bridle um, coming around the home turn tonight in the podcast is I really felt like I, I put in a bit of effort this week, um, a bit of research, looked at some strength of schedule stuff and, and just the, just the, the dismissiveness of my, uh, of my pods from, from you rabbits is, is 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 certainly hasn't gone unnoticed by myself and probably from the listeners who are, who are sitting there shaking their head at home just not believing the uh, uh the the amount of disrespect you have given to me uh so yeah you you've you've certainly got me fired up but um but as i said we'll we'll be back with tubes's tirades uh, a bit more next week so under the questions so uh, we've got a uh, question tonight. I think um, we'll just do the one question just to uh, – Is this from Big Mac? The Big is, Mac down in, down in the New South Wales south coast? Yeah, this is, this is down from one of our Berry boys, um, uh, Big, Big C-Mac. Um, he's coming in hot and he's, and, he's, um, list, and he's asked us, what is our thoughts on uh, Mitchell Moses where – and – and with the Eels trial form, their nice draw to start the year, is he an option given the doubt around Cleary and the price of Hughes currently? Matt, what are your thoughts? So as referenced earlier, Mitch looks like he's moving back to the right. I don't know why they would trial Mitch on the right and Dylan on the left if that's not how they were going to line up in round one. Mitch Moses... Um, 
is a guy who I've never really rated um, as a as a player. Uh, I know there was he had quite a good game in the that preliminary final last year against Penrith. Um, it's 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 not too long ago if people's you know I know people have short memories in this game, but this time two years ago, the big question in Supercoach leading into round one was, do you take Nathan Cleary or do you take Mitch Moses? And it wasn't an easy answer for a lot of super coaches. Um, so, you know, we're only two years removed from that. Obviously, there's a bit of water under the bridge since then. He averaged a very healthy 62 in 2019. He then went on to average 54 in 2020 and 58 in 2021. He's exposed. You kind of know what you're going to get. I don't think the ceiling's there. Um, not for me to start. Um, but I do concede that he is an option. Yeah, if you're not going he, uh... Cleary, if you're not going Cleary, he may be an option. He definitely won't be in my side. I, I can't. I've never liked him as a super coach player. I think he can go off the handle a little bit and, and he's a flat track bully, a bit like an SJ type. He, he, obviously, with Parramatta going very, very well, he could get off to a flyer. So uh, he is a bit volatile. Yeah, I can I, I can see why people would want to open with him uh, just to get that big start, but uh, I, I won't be doing it. Yeah, I think um, I mentioned it earlier, uh, uh, pretty keen on his halves partner, Dylan Brown. So I might be might be swayed to, to look at that over Mitch yeah, Moses. A little bit, little bit cheaper, 5'8", playing on the left. Um, also, that that's the point about Brown is that his base is a lot bigger than than Mitch Moses, so a bit more safety in terms of floor. And I'm sure we'll have plenty more to say on that next week in the next pod. Yeah, so steal my thunder a bit there, Chubes. But, yeah, so next pod we'll be looking at halves, five-eighths and fullbacks, uh, getting, a bit, getting a bit deep into those positions. Um, it's been a really, really good pod tonight, guys. Really appreciate your time speaking about Centre Wings uh, and really looking forward to one last pod before we hit Teamless Tuesday. 